Section 13 of Birds and Nature, Volume 9, Number 3, March 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. The Bear. Though the bear is classed with the carnivora, or flesh-eating animals, it is really omnivorous in the best acceptance of that word for it will thrive on a vegetable diet for many weeks at a time. Bears will devour the various kinds of berries, grains, the succulent leaves of herbs, and the fleshy roots with evident relish. There is perhaps no more dainty morsel for them than the young and tender buds of trees and shrubs as they are prepared by nature, wrapped in their winter covering and containing an abundant food, stored there for the nourishment of the growth of the coming season a food useful to the animal as well as the plant the young seem to depend entirely on vegetable food but as they grow older though still preferring the products of the plant they will eat a variety of animal forms such as insects mollusks crustaceans worms birds and their eggs when driven by hunger they will kill and eat larger prey such as deer and domestic cattle they will also devour the dead bodies of animals freshly killed but only before there is any taint or odor thus though bears have the structural characteristics of the flesh-eating animals this classification is misleading to the untutored observer who watches them in our menageries or even in their native homes the polar bears are perhaps the most carnivorous of them all living almost entirely on animal food when in their natural homes the grizzly bear is also a flesh-eating species, though it will subsist on a vegetable diet. It is an interesting fact that the nature of their food seems to determine the degree of strength and the ferocity that they possess. The influence of the diet is shown not only on the various species, but also upon the individuals of the same species. The bears fed only upon vegetable foods exhibit a much milder disposition and are less resentful when crossed. Bears are distributed throughout the world except in Australia. In the words of Brehm, they inhabit the warmest as well as the coldest of countries, high mountains as well as the coasts of the Arctic Sea. Nearly all species select dense, extensive forests or rocky regions, generally lonely spots. Some delight in watery or damp situations, streams, rivers, lakes, swamps and the sea, while others prefer stretches of dry land one species is confined to the sea coast and seldom penetrates the depths of the continent but still undertakes more extensive migrations than the others traversing great distances on drift ice crossing the northern arctic ocean and migrating from one continent to the other besides the bears of the present day there are extinct forms remains of which occur in the latter geologic ages the great cave bear remains of which have been found in the caves of central europe indicate that this species was even larger than our polar bear which may measure nine feet in length the opinion is prevalent that the movements of the bear are awkward and slow and that they are neither fleet nor active in locomotion this is true to a certain extent in the case of the larger species though they are endowed with great endurance on the other hand the smaller species are notably quick and active in their motions in fact, all species, when excited, will pass over the ground at a rapid rate, their strides resembling a sort of gallop. 
all climb especially when young or until their great weight prevents them from doing so a few of the species are excellent swimmers and can remain under water for some time the polar bear well illustrates this characteristic for it has been seen many miles from the shore swimming easily and showing a wonderful power of endurance we are told that some species are sensible and sagacious and may be trained to a certain extent but they exhibit no high mental development some individuals become very tame though they display no particular affection for their master and keeper they always revert to their grosser animal instincts in old age for then they become wicked intractable and violent the bears signify their various moods by modulations of their remarkable voices finding utterance in dull growling snorting and murmuring or grunting whistling and sometimes barking sounds a family of young bears consists of from one to six which are fed and protected in the most tender manner by their watchful and careful mother born naked and blind it is usually five or six weeks before they can see and have a seasonable coat of hair after this they are full of life and very playful and their antics are very amusing bears may be classed under three groups the sea bears the land bears and the honey bears the polar or white bear is the only representative of the first class this species has been wonderfully provided for by nature living as it does in the regions of perpetual ice and snow the pure white color of its fur becomes a protection as it is less easily observed it also unlike the other species has the soles of its feet covered with hair which enables it to move freely and safely on the ice they have been noted at a distance of fully fifty miles from the nearest shore swimming without effort and showing no fatigue one of the best known of the land bears is the brown bear of northern europe and asia it varies greatly and some authorities divide it into several distinct species it is easily tamed and because of the ease with which it supports itself on its hind feet is often taught to step to the sound of music here also is classed the grizzly bear which is nearly as large as the polar bear and much more ferocious it has been known to attack the bison and carry a body weighing one thousand pounds or more to its den some distance away the black bear of our illustration is also a member of this class it is a native of the wooded parts of north america this species is timid though agile strong and is of great endurance its fur is soft and even and shining black in color it can run more swiftly than can a man and will escape in this manner if possible though it principally feeds on herbs fruits and grains it will also devour livestock of the smaller kinds and may even attack cattle in captivity they are much better natured than the other species they never make hostile use of their strength in their relations with their keepers but completely acknowledge human supremacy and present no difficulties in their training at any rate they fear their keeper more than he does them the third class is illustrated by a single species the sloth or honey bear also called the aswal it is a native of india and frequents hilly localities it feeds upon fruits honey and the lower animals such as ants and the grubs of various insects it also enjoys the comb and honey of bees with its large and scythe-shaped claws it will destroy the strongly built homes of the white ants 
in its native country the sloth is trained by jugglers to perform many tricks and in captivity it is docile and comparatively good-natured end of section thirteen